0: This afternoon, we lay Dave to a peaceful rest, and we come to offer our prayers, our sadness, and our hope of being one day reunited with him in the Everlasting Kingdom. On behalf of our pastor, Monsignor Keeney, and the whole parish community of the Catholic Church of the Incarnation, please allow me to offer and assure you, Dave's family, of our condolences and prayers during these very difficult moments. St. Paul says, if one member suffers in the body of Christ, which is the church, all members suffer with that member. So today, we come to suffer with you. We have all already heard from his own family the character and quality of the man that we are here to remember. I will not try and outdo them and pretend that I knew him better. I will, however, just use their own words for the majority of my homily. I had plenty to choose from as well. As we sat to discuss this funeral, I barely had to prompt anyone before the stories started gushing forth. Tales of holiness and sanctity, tales of devotion both to his wife and to the Blessed Mother, stories of his personality that looked out for others and cared for seemingly everyone a man who understood the important balance between time in adoration before the Lord on his knees and ministry to others as the equation which equaled happiness. Most of the time in writing a funeral homily, I am worried that I will be offended or be offending the family by being too general because they didn't really provide me a lot of information to go on. This time I'm worried because there were so many stories to choose from, To exemplify the wonderful qualities of Dave that literally didn't stop until I walked into the church, I'm worried that I won't choose the best ones. Now, given five more times to write this, I would come up with five different ways to talk about the man from the stories that you told in but an hour. The family told me that people weren't sending condolences to them, but rather they were receiving stories of how Dave touched their lives. Now, this is not written into the homily, but I will say, tangent, I met with the family this morning, and then I had to run out to the nursing home, as is my normal custom on Monday, to go visit our homebound people. The very last visit that I made, I was talking with a gentleman, and he goes, well, I was on the board at Incarnation back in the day, and so we started chatting and just saying, who do we know? What a... And then I said tell me, how did you get on the board? He said, well, you know, I got a call and a very nice gentleman, he said, well, we think you would be great. And he goes, well, I'm not Catholic. (laughs) The gentleman said, I'll call you back. (laughs) So he called him back and said, you know, we've decided to branch out and we would like you to be the first non-Catholic on our board here. So he was. I said, did you happen to know Dave Russell? And he goes, well, by chance, that is the man that called me. (laughs) Now, our nursing home brethren are, you know, maybe not the best with their memories, and so I thought maybe he was just saying that. And he goes, come to think of it, he worked for GE. (laughs) That man knew your father. (laughs) So the stories, there are many, and I could be up here forever. So rather than try and pick the best stories, let me rather focus on the common themes between them all. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine. But following their own desires and insatiable curiosities will accumulate teachers and will stop listening to the truth and will be diverted to myths. Now ask yourself if Dave was ever deluded by false teaching that directed him away from the Catholic Church. Never. The reading continues and describes that we should be self-possessed in all circumstances. Dave was quiet, composed and forgiving due to his deep prayer life. The reading continues, put up with hardship, it says. Dave was no stranger to devastating pain and loss. Yet he remained faithful to the Lord. Perform the work of the evangelist. Fulfill your ministry, it continues. Dave was a teacher, not by trade. No, he worked in HR. However, Dave was a teacher. He was a coveted confirmation teacher and sponsor, and beyond formal instruction, the way Dave lived offers instruction for life, because it was a life patterned after the life of Christ. Now I ask you, what's the first thing you notice about someone when you meet them? Is it their smile? That's the first thing Anne noticed about Dave on their first date. Now was it what made him or her fall in love with him? I don't know. But I know that Dave never stopped using that smile to his advantage his whole life. (laughs) Story after story was told about his magnetizing personality, which started with a smile and ended with people feeling like they had been welcomed home by walking through the doors of the church. A man for all seasons and all peoples. Now, naturally, one should start to ask what was this source of joy and charisma that Dave had? For the answer, we turn to the gospel. The setting of the gospel is the Last Supper. The Lord is about to be led away, beaten, scourged, and crucified. And yet, in those moments, before he is offering consolation to his followers, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. Dave had a deep faith a strong devotion to Mary and to St. John Vianney, which guided him for his whole life. He He would not let his heart be troubled in life no matter what, for he knew that he could turn to the Lord to find a source of courage, strength, and hope. He trusted in the promises of the Lord. Jesus chooses in his last hours to still bring comfort to others. In his last years, when Dave suffered from aphasia, and could no longer communicate verbally as he wished, he would still journal pages full of gratitude that was in his heart for everyone and everything in his life. Our first reading speaks to us today, only after 70 years have elapsed for Babylon will I deal with you and fulfill for you my promise to bring you back to this place. Hear in these words a prophecy that was fulfilled in Dave's life. For indeed, Dave was exiled on this earth, away from our heavenly home, as we all are during life. He certainly made it past 70 years, and now we pray Dave rests with the Father. This reading continues with verse 11, for I know well the plans I have in mind for you, plans for your welfare and not for woe, so as to give you a future of hope. Today is a day of hope. There are so many symbols and prayers of hope contained in the Catholic funeral liturgy. The priest wears black because it is the color of mourning. It symbolizes how we all feel internally as a community. We feel a loss in life that Dave Russell used to fill, and now all we feel is the pain of that life missing from ours. So black is the appropriate color. The priest is dressed in black, for he is a man chosen from among the people to represent the people and offer sacrifice on on their behalf to God. And that is what we are here to do today, offer sacrifice. But notice also there is gold, for the gold indicates hope. As I said, the black represents our collective pain, but we see in the garments of the priest the hope of the resurrection. The death of a loved one is probably one of the deepest pains we as humans can feel, but our theology of death tells us that in the darkest moments of life, in the most terrible times, we know that there is that within us that still hopes. It hopes against the feeling that there is nothing after this life. That is because the resurrection happened. Christ has conquered death by death, and conversely, in the moment of greatest joy in life, we still feel a little unsettled. That is because death still exists. So we place gold over top of the black to symbolize our hope that not only Dave, but we too will share in eternal life. Because by dying and rising again, Christ destroyed the power of death to separate us from the Father. So while we remain, we mourn and we not only hope that our sadness will turn into joy, but also that we will be reunited with Dave again. Now, I must say, four and a half years into priesthood, and there is not much new in this job, but in preparation for this funeral, I encountered a very first. I don't remember who, but at some point, someone made the statement, Dave's drug of choice was the Eucharist. Now... I have worked with addicts and alcoholics for close to a decade, and I have never heard any of them describe their drug of choice as the Eucharist. So what does that mean? Forgive me, but this is exactly what it means. It means that it is the motivation and driving force behind everything you do and think. It is the thing that your brain immediately goes to when you wake up, it is the last thing that you think about as you fall asleep, and it is every waking moment in between. The moment you have consumed your drug of choice, you are anticipating the next time you use and how you are going to facilitate this. You are willing to risk everything you have, everything you own, and everything you are just to get this thing that you describe as your drug of choice. So, if this is how Dave truly felt about the Eucharist, then yes, I believe your stories that he was a living saint, because to feel this way about the Lord is a love that fosters virtue to such a degree that it is described as heroic, and only heroic virtue will make a regular man into a saint. So, how do we properly honor a man such as this? This was the question that I wrestled with for most of the week. Now, it didn't hit me until I read the words of his oldest granddaughter that were shared with me. There are so many good things about this man, which one should be picked to talk about in the hope that it lives on. The force that wove its way through all of Dave's life was his faith. It informed everything he did. It was the basis for all the reasons that people loved him. If he was caring, it was because Jesus cared for others in the gospel. If he was humble and apologized first, it was because he first saw the humility of Christ, who as God came to earth and lived among us as a human. He took the words of the Lord seriously. This is my body. This is my blood. Dave did not believe these were nice words that were symbolic. He took the Lord's words as truth and believed that what we do here today in offering bread and wine as sacrifice to the Lord is transformed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So we can clearly see that the qualities which made people love Dave the most were all born out of his Catholic faith. So the best way to make his memory live eternally, the best way to practice what Dave preached with his life, the way to stay connected with Dave, is by sharing in the same timeless sacrifice of the Eucharist that Dave participated in every chance he could. The best way to honor Dave's life and death, and the faith that carried him through both, is to live that faith as Catholics. Not because following rules and checking boxes equals holiness, but rather because we have seen the first-hand effects of holiness in Dave, and everyone has told me how much that made them love him. So if we love him, the best way to honor him is to continue what he himself loved and valued most in this world. Not his children, not his wife, not even his own life. The thing he valued most in this life was the Eucharist. So let us walk from this church today, holding fast to our faith, knowing our God knows intimately our grief and our hope. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And always know that the church is here for you, to mourn with you, to share with you the faith when yours seems distant, and to cry with you. Together we walk onward in this journey of life, hand in hand, and with the same true joy in our hearts that Dave had all the days of his life. Eternal rest grant unto him, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon him, and may he rest in peace. Amen.